is where Montana talks. Montana talks with Aaron Flint. Well, we've got a great guest uh, in studio with us here in the seven o'clock hour. Uh, Reverend Matt Lundgren is the executive director for the Montana Rescue Mission. And uh, Reverend Lundgren, uh, great to see you here in studio. Thanks for dropping in to say hello. Well, thank you, Aaron. Good morning. Yeah, we had a great phone call for a nice surprise phone call from you on the show. I think it was last Thursday. We were doing our weekly legislative update with uh, Speaker of the House, Matt Regeer. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the topic of homelessness just came. You know, we never know what all we're going to talk yeah. about. It's kind of like popcorn on your show. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, it's like, all right, it's, what's popping today? Exactly. Yeah. That's a, We're going to steal that line from you there. Okay. If that's all right. Yeah, yeah, I love popcorn. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but anyway, so the topic of homelessness came up. And we've been talking about this issue for, for uh, you know, kind of back and forth for a while here. Because mm-hmm. um, I think we, we all support programs like yours and what you do is just incredible mm-hmm. at the montana rescue mission and family promise what they they're also doing to try to get people out of homelessness that's it that's it you know and but there's some programs uh, or shall we say a lack of programs out there mm-hmm. that it, it seems like they're just encouraging more homeless to come into montana that was kind of a remark that i had made on mm-hmm. on on thursday morning but anyway um it, that all being said you said hey can i come down and give your listeners an update on what we're doing at the Montana Rescue Mission because you're you're planning a, a pretty good expansion uh, yeah, in we're, Billings. Well, you know, we're right in the middle of it, and you know, and I, I can't to speak to other programs around the state. All I can speak to is what I have under my uh, purview. But you know, the exciting things happening on Minnesota Avenue is that we are right in the middle of construction. We've raised several buildings; others are completely gutted and under demo. We took out a parking lot last week when it was bitter cold. But, uh, you know, what we're trying to do is build a campus where we can, you know, reach out to our homeless brothers and sisters when they come in and then provide everything they need to get back on their feet. And that's not just three hots in a cot, right? People can get that over at Deer Lodge. That's, that's not what we need. What we need is people can come in. They can meet with our chaplain and get spiritual direction. They can meet with our mental health counselors, get their meds right, get their head right. They can meet with our case managers to get their finances right, their relationships right, and meet with our job skills coach, and then go back out into the workforce, leave. In fact, you know, in the last six months, over 400 people have come to our doors and left that are now in permanent housing here in Billings. So that's ending homelessness for 400 people. And and changing lifestyles absolutely too. yeah and that's what people really want to see is is a hand, is a hand up uh, and so correct yeah it was uh, so just to take over the last three years in particular with all the craziness of COVID nineteen mm-hmm. all the all the the bum rush of Montana people coming in from yeah. all over the place yeah. they and all came to see you infl- yeah that's right <laughs> inflation and everything else yeah. how much has that increased demand for your services it's been huge and it's not just here in Billings it's across the state right we're part of a coalition of other shelters across the state and just about all of us has seen almost a tripling in our numbers right and that's that's insane because i have the same number of staff the same budget right and so just imagine doing three times the work with the same amount of staff and triple the customers it just doesn't it doesn't work right it doesn't pencil out so we're in, we're in the middle of this expansion where we're literally going to double the size of our shelter not because we want to encourage homelessness but because it's already here it's already here it's yeah already and, here. and our population is growing so absolutely as your population grows you're going to need more services of all stripes we'll talk more with matt lundgren from the montana rescue mission right after this here is your montana news Yellowstone County Commissioners are looking to assist the election administrator with the next election by hiring a former interim election administrator. 
The long wait in getting last year's results with a new staff had been a learning experience for Ginger Aldrich in her first election as administrator. Q2 reported from a meeting Monday night that county commissioners are working to approve a contract to hire Kevin Gillen to work under Aldrich. This will infuse his experience towards improving the process and to address the voter rolls and ballot harvesting. That's the Montana News Minute. I'm Travis Lee. Here's a look at your real weather for Billings and Bozeman. For today, we'll have mostly cloudy skies and can't rule out a chance for some scattered light snow activity, but expecting less than a half inch of any snow accumulation. High temperatures looking to stay confined to the lower 30s for Bozeman, but approaching that 40-degree mark for Billings. Then as we head into the night tonight, any lingering light snow showers wrapping up early in the night, with lows dropping all the way back into the upper single digits for Bozeman, sticking closer, though, to the middle to upper teens for Billings. On Wednesday, Bozeman looking to stay dry with partly sunny conditions. A slight chance for just a dusting of some light snow early in the day for Billings, with highs working up into the upper 20s to lower 30s. Thursday, looking to stay dry, at least some partial sunshine expected there, with high temperatures staying confined to the lower 30s for Bozeman, but some lower 40s for highs near Billings. And that's a look at your real weather on Montana Talks. I'm weatherology meteorologist Michael Carroll. Well, on Friday, it was Kramer from Seinfeld. On Monday, it was Woody from Cheers. Uh, you know, sometimes there is so much crazy stuff in the news, you just got to find a way to laugh at it all, don't you? Hey, Aaron Flint here with Montana Talks. Yeah, we cover a lot of ground on this show, cover a lot of different topics. But here's the deal. If there's something we should be talking about that we're not talking about, ThompsonPools.com. Remember, if it isn't a Thompson Pool, it ain't worth a dip. Thompson Pools. Montana is talking here. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, jumping right back into it here with uh, Reverend Matt Lundgren from the Montana Rescue Mission, a homeless shelter uh, in Billings, Montana. Uh, Reverend Lundgren, you know, we've been talking a lot about this homeless issue uh, from Kalispell to Great Falls, Missoula. And, yeah, that's the big takeaway is, hey, how do we support the programs that actually work, that actually help people uh, in times of need, but also that, that are trying to get people out of the homeless situation? And, and before we get into talking about, you know, some of what we've seen and heard in Great Falls and Missoula, talk more about your expansion, uh, your, what, $20 million expansion plan in Billings. Yeah. You're almost all the way there based off of uh, generous contributions. Yeah, the community of Billings is so generous and they've really helped us and you know we've we've been doing this for over 75 years so we kind of know what we're doing and what works and you know we're just thrilled that we continue to place people into permanent housing but because the demand has grown up as billings has grown we've had to expand and so we're about tripling uh, our number of beds but in addition to just beds for folks we're adding that whole life change component where they can see their drug addiction counselor their mental health counselor we're also adding 29 apartments so that people can literally move from the street to the shelter and then right into their own apartment right on the same campus. We're adding a child care center so that those that come to us with little kids, their kids can be in child care while they're getting their GED, high set, finishing their job or going to work, right? All those things are vital to getting people out of homelessness. It's not just warehousing enabling. It's about empowering people by giving them the skills, the sobriety, the mental health they need so they can get back into the workforce. Billings has, like you say, so many incredible, uh, the church community uh, across denominations, across yep. the spectrum is just absolutely incredibly yep. vibrant in Billings and the support for, for organizations like yours absolutely uh, is is huge. I, I remember in Great Falls, we had this conversation where uh, there, was, there, was, there was one church and, uh, you know, and again, not 
not not judging their hearts. Their their hearts probably were in the right place. They probably wanted to take care, uh, help people that are homeless there. But they basically just said, "Okay, our yep. parking lot's open. Yep. Come camp out. Come hang out." Okay, well that sounds nice, but then a you know a woman dies on the property, and there's yep. hundreds of police calls, and so. You know, so, so to me, that really sparked this con- conversation that, hey, just saying I care uh, is nice. That's right. But it doesn't work. It's, it's not enough. And what's key here is this. You can't just house people. It's all about the services that go along with that, right? And so at Montana Rescue Mission, when people come in, we do a full assessment, and they we find out, do you need mental health care? Do you need drug addiction therapy and counseling? Do you need to see the chaplain? Do you need vocational rehabilitation? Whatever it is, we meet with people, meet them right where they're at, and then get them on a program that's specifically designed for them to end their homelessness. Uh, you know, in, in downtown Billings, you know, hearing callers over the years and, and talking with our listeners, you know, crime is huge. In fact, uh, there's a there's a headline. I think it was KTVQ uh, Television, or was it the Billings Gazette? Here, mm-hmm. one of those sources. I've got too much stuff in front of me here, and we never know what all we're going to talk about. But one of those sources have a story where they're basically saying, "Hey, this uh, this murder rate may just be the new normal in Billings." Mm. How, now, I, I think I think a lot of our, our our folks would attribute it to the law enforcement personnel that I've talked with. Is that Billings has kind of become the dumb grounds for the state's offenders mm. so you'll have like say a, a judge in Missoula might send these offenders to Billings for example uh, so you've got that challenge on one hand um, which to me is all the more reason why we need to to help the the homeless get out of that situation because otherwise I think you have the potential to create more more crime and more vagrancy at the same time yeah no you sure can and I and I think one of the things about you know shelters period is that we are kind of the lowest rung on the ladder right when the state releases people, if they don't have a plan, when, when people get out of hospitals, if they don't have means, when people, you know, are down on their luck, where do they go? Well, hopefully they come to us. And, you know, we do outreach. We send our van out several nights a week to just looking for people on the street. Say, come on in. We pick them up, bring them in. But there's also a fair number of people that just, you know, they just get dumped. And so as a result, uh, people come to us. And the re- reality is we don't receive ongoing state or city or county funding that pays the bills for the shelter. It's all done out of the generosity of the good people of Billings in eastern Montana. Uh, literally, we serve kind of this 500-mile radius, just like Billings does with the health care and the shopping. That's the same with the rescue mission. So we get homeless people literally coming from eastern Montana, western North Dakota, northern Wyoming, coming to us. And we care for those folks because where else are they going to go? Well, if they don't stay with us, there's a good chance they'll be picked up by law enforcement and cost the taxpayer more money. So truly, you know, the support of the mission saves the taxpayer. We figured over the last 75 plus years that we've been in existence, we've saved the taxpayer over $375 million just because of what we've done. How do you define the Billings homeless problem compared to, say, the Bozeman homeless problem, the Missoula homeless problem, the Great Falls homeless problem? Because I I do feel like Missoula, and this is what we hear from our friends in Missoula, is Mm -hmm. Missoula has kind of created this, hey, if you build it, they will come, and Mm -hmm. they've created all of these programs that make Missoula attractive to the out-of-state transient population, Mm -hmm. which uh, sometimes brings in that criminal element as well. Yeah. You know, the work that we do is it's it's really focused on getting people back into the workforce, getting people, you know, like we like to say to them, get your head right, get your body right, get your spirit right, and then get back to work, right? And so 
even if there are people that come from out of state, I, we really don't see it as a problem. We see it as our mission. This is what the good people of Billings and you know the churches that started us back in the 40s decided to do. They said, we want to be a part of the solution, not a part of the problem. And so what I'm here to say is that you know, if we have 200-plus people with us on a given night, those are all people that I'm trying to get back into the workforce. And as employers in Billings are struggling to find employees, guess what? I've got them. And so on our new campus, we're building in vocational training academies. We're going to have a place where they can learn welding and get certified, carpentry and get certified, culinary arts, all of those things to get people into the workforce. That's the key. You know, that's very interesting. In fact, I, I've been holding on to this story since February 6th. WTOP Radio in Washington, D.C. had a story. College degrees are losing, are losing more career clout. Companies are increasing, yep. increasingly dropping four-year client meetings easy cater has your back with over 100,000 restaurants order 24 7 on easycater.com and no he is not squishy and he is definitely not a journalist he is dan bongino and you can hear him each weekday 10 to 1 on news talk 103.3 and am 970 Hear News Talk 970 and 103.3 FM KBUL. Your home for Fox News, Hannity, Bongino, and Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. This is where Montana Talks Ag with Lane Nordland. This week I'm joining the National Potato Council in Washington, D.C. for their annual Washington Summit. And as producers prepare to engage with elected officials on Capitol Hill this week, the association released a new report measuring the economic significance of the U.S. potato industry. Idaho's R.J. Andrus is president of the National Potato Council. And he says this comprehensive analysis is truly eye-opening. We thought the number was going to be big. We thought, you know, maybe $60 billion. The number came in at $100.9 billion with 714,000 jobs. Now, that was in 2021. So I'd be really surprised if that number hasn't grown in the last two years. On the export front in 2021 alone, the value of all potato-related exports topped $1.88 billion. The United States is the world's fifth largest producer of potatoes and a critical export product. Approximately 20% of all U.S. potatoes grown or processed in the nation are exported to Canada, Mexico, Japan, South Korea, and other trading partners. Also today, out in Washington, D.C., the House Agriculture Committee will hold its first farm bill hearing as Washington, D.C. and groups like the National Potato Council prepare to craft and have their input in what is in the 2023 Farm Bill. I'm Lane North Blund. Serving the great state of Montana, from the peaks of the Beartooth to the banks of the Clark Fork River. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Yeah, thanks to uh, Reverend Matt Lundgren from the Montana Rescue Mission for uh, uh, sticking with us for a few more minutes here. Yeah, I, I, this is a story that uh, was sitting on my desk for a while, and I've been waiting for the right time to talk about it. Uh, and I'm the guinea business pig. segment. You're, you were throwing it out at you. <laughs> but, yeah, like how you were talking about, you know, vocational uh, work and vocational training, Absolutely. welding, providing opportunities to get people out of the homeless situation. I think that's great. But, but but yeah, across the board, this this was a very interesting story here from WTOP, and it reminds me of our conversation with uh, Mike Rowe from Dirty Jobs when mm-hmm. he was in Manhattan, Montana, uh, last uh, last August. But uh, yeah, companies are increasingly dropping four-year college degree requirements for their jobs and are putting more emphasis on experience. And that is not just entry-level jobs. A third of those who dropped degree requirements 
did so for senior level roles. Anyway, that that's just interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's and, you huge. Know, I yeah. grew up. My dad was a general contractor, and I learned my work ethic from him. Now, I learned the skills of theology and running a rescue mission from graduate school, but I learned more from my dad swinging a hammer and tearing off roofs and building decks than I ever did from college. It's a fact. But one, of, one of our previous conversations, in our, I think it was in our statewide show, we were having a conversation about, about uh, you know, the homeless situation here in Montana, kind of across the board. And one nice lady called in and she said, you know, if we just gave these people houses – We'd end this homeless situation. I said, actually, I, I disagree with you. I said, now, we need more affordable housing. We need to figure out a way to get uh, homeless yep. people into houses. I said, but there's people who will win the lottery tomorrow, and they'll be broke three years from well, now. Well, you look at the housing projects on the south side of Chicago, right? I mean, there's whole towers that they gave free housing to people, and then after five years, they were so trashed and so infested with gangs and drugs, nobody wanted to live there. So free housing is not the answer. It's about housing with programmatic help like medical care, mental health care, vocational training, spiritual care. All of that is vital because you can have a roof over your head but be going crazy in there and blowing stuff up, right? You really need that extra piece, and one without the other is empty. Uh, in the state legislature, and I think this is what, what prompted your phone call, so there's a – House Bill 5, apparently, and this is a one-time kind of shot in the arm. You know, we basically, we've got not only a, a massive budget surplus right now, thanks mm-hmm. to the tax cuts, which stimulated our economy thanks here Thanks to in our Montana. money. Yeah, thanks to our money. But also on top of that, you know, a lot of federal COVID money that came down yep. as well. So a combination of the two. And so, uh, so, so part of what the legislature is looking to do, it's already com- cleared the committee level. House Bill 5 would provide a one-time shot in the arm for brick-and-mortar homeless shelters just like yours. Yeah, you know, we got this project going. It started out as a $6 million remodel, then it became a $12 million project. We put it out to bid and got final numbers, and it's $23.7 million. So, uh, you know, huge increase, huge inflation, a lot of problems with that. And so the homeless shelters in Montana got together with a coalition and said to the legislator, hey, can you help us too? Because we're doing all this for free. We're not doing this with state money, you know, city money, county money. We're doing this for free. Can you give us a one-time shot in the arm to build? And so, you know, they need to expand up in Kalispell. They need to do some work. Uh, They're even talking about in Bozeman building one, you know. I mean, for years they've sent people to us. Now they're trying to build something, right? And we need help too because we've raised about a little more than $20 million. We've got about $3 million to go to finish the deal here on Minnesota Avenue in Billings. And I'll tell you what, as the largest city in the state with the largest population of homeless, you know, people come to us and we got to be ready or else they are going to be, you know, on the streets or in the prisons and cost us more money. Would uh, would this House Bill 5 provide that final $3 million no, to finish this project? No, there's a cap. I think it's, you know, it's, I think the total bill is a certain number of money and the cap per county is going to be 750000 The way it's written now, you know, bills can change willy-nilly but i just hope yeah. that the legislature says yeah because boy i'll tell you what we could use that help here in billings because seven hundred fifty thousand would really help us toward that last three million dollar gap and frankly more donations would help too because most of that's come from the good people of eastern montana writing a ten dollar check to montana rescue mission you know that's that's what's done it yeah and it's it's those well you know and, and you know we're not doing a radiothon right now but if somebody wants to call in and donate that final three million dollars i i know there's people in yeah. billings montana that got it or there Bozeman, is Montana, Absolutely. they got it for sure. Yeah, just not radio and, and hosts. They're so generous. Yeah, not radio hosts. And <laughs> Mark Wilson would confirm. He just did a story uh, for uh, for the Cat Country website. I think I pulled it on our Montana Talks website as well, where he said, if you're looking to make money, radio is it's not the – unless you go national or something. But I, I've been very blessed. I've been very fortunate to run. Yeah. But back to this question I had, though, about, like, if we just gave people free stuff, yeah. we'd stop the homeless problem. Yeah. There really is – look, we can see countless government programs, national 
nationally and internationally where we give people a bunch of free stuff, there has to be a spiritual component, which you provide. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, we have a full-time chaplain. We have chapel every day. We have Bible study every day. Uh, We're there to help people with that part of their lives because we believe we're all body, mind, and spirit. And we believe God plays a role in giving people hope to get out of brokenness, right? Now, it's not required. We don't say you've got to be a Christian, you've got to be clean, you've got to be sober before you come in. No, we accept everybody. But when people are there and people start searching and saying, hey, I want to find meaning in life, we believe God provides that meaning and also provides moral teaching, direction, and also, you know, the good Christian work ethic to say, love your neighbor. Yeah. Love yourself. You know, in this, I don't know if you're following the news on this Murdoch trial out in South Carolina. Crazy story there. But again, it, it also goes to show that, you know, you can have all, all the money in the world and yep. still be a complete mess and still be a complete wreck. All right. Well, uh, Reverend Lundgren, you want to stick around for a few more minutes? Sure. Sounds all great. right. We'll be back in 60 seconds. Fox News. And I'm Chris Foster. Supreme Court today is hearing two challenges to President Biden's student loan forgiveness plan. Six GOP-led states are suing the administration, arguing President Biden overstepped his authority to pay off debt. Biden relied on the pandemic to justify expanding the education loan forgiveness program, arguing the financial pain of the pandemic will last for years. Fox's David spun a second case today involves two borrowers claiming they're unfairly excluded. A Russian offensive in eastern Ukraine may have momentum. Russian forces have been trying to take Bakhmut for six months, and Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky admits the situation in the city is getting more and more difficult. In his latest video address, Zelensky says the enemy is constantly destroying everything that can be used to protect our positions. Fox's Jonathan Savage. America's listening to Fox News. All right, a few more minutes here with uh, uh, Reverend Matt Lundgren from the Montana Rescue Mission. And then after our 735 break, uh, we'll open up the phone lines to anything and everything you want to talk about here on Montana Talks. Uh, yeah, Re- Reverend Lundgren, I guess, you know, I've been throwing a bunch of questions out there. What else do you, what do you want to share with our listeners that maybe I didn't get to yet? You know, I, I just want to share a little bit about who we serve, right? And I think it's really important to set the record straight and to say Montana Rescue Mission has been in the community. You know, like I said, we're the oldest, we're the largest largest shelter we're here but it's not just about beds it's about serving people that come to us and so people come to us individuals families men women lgbtq um, whole families intact families single parents whatever it is we serve everyone that comes to us right now if someone comes to us doesn't mean you agree with their lifestyle it means you're going to serve we're going to love them because god has called us to love our neighbor right now if somebody comes toting a toting a gun or a knife or something we're not going to serve them, but nobody in town is unless they wear a badge and carry a gun, right? Those are the folks that are the front line, and I respect the heck out of those guys for what they do. And, you know, we call them from time to time for people that are a danger to themselves or a danger to others, but we serve everyone that comes to our doors, and we are there to meet the needs, and the needs are not just a bed and a meal. That's vital. You know, Maslow's hierarchy says you got to have the food, clothing, shelter, but beyond that, you can't just exist there. You've got to move on to, you know, ultimately it's a sense of purpose, a sense of purpose, a sense of meaning. And the way you get there is by getting your head right, getting your meds right, getting your body right, getting some job skills, and then starting to work, saving money. Literally, we have people staying with us, you know, in our one-year-long program that are saving enough money that when they get out, they've got the first month's rent, the last month's rent, security deposit, 
and they can pay for a car and get back and forth to work. Why? Because the good people of Billings supported them while they stayed with us for up to a year to work through all these issues and to get back on their path to success. When you talk about Maslow's hierarchy, I, the reason I knew a little bit about that is I'm, I'm hearing Colonel Brian Gilman from Warriors in Quiet Waters uh, in, in Bozeman. That, he talks about that all the time and serving yep. our veterans as well. And In fact, he was talking about this Built for More mm-hmm. uh, program. And that's really the message. You are built for more. It's the message yeah. for our veterans that are coming back wondering what's next. It's Absolutely. the message for the homeless community that's wondering, what do I do? What's, yeah. what's next? What is the meaning in life? Speaking of Bozeman, you mentioned that they're, they're looking at maybe building a homeless shelter in Bozeman. Yeah, what are you hearing from your friends in Bozeman? I mean, we, we hear callers and, and see it for ourselves as well. People camping out in back alleys and side yeah, streets. You know, you look at, look at the housing crisis in Montana. It has gone crazy with the price of things. The price of rent and billings has doubled, if not tripled. Same with the price of housing has gone up. And Bozeman is probably one of the most expensive places in the state next to the Flathead Valley, right? And uh, it's tough for people to find a place to live. And I think they're, they have a local government, uh, semi-government agency, HRDC, and they're talking about building a year-round shelter there. I know they do a warming center in the winter. But, you know, regularly people come to us from Bozeman. People come to us from Miles City. People come to us from all over looking for meaning. And when people find sobriety, when people find employment, people find Christ, and uh, people find that meaning and leave Montana Rescue Mission with jobs and with housing. Well, whether you got a, a $10 check or a $3 million check, get a, get a hold of Reverend Matt Lunger yeah. at the Montana Rescue Mission. Thanks for joining us. Great to see you. Thanks so much, Aaron. All right, quick break. Phone lines are open for you. Anything and everything you want to talk about here on Montana Talks, back right after this. This is where Montana talks. Montana talks with Aaron Flint. Well, earlier in the six o'clock hour of this show, I played a uh, a clip from uh, Senator Steve Daines on Fox with Larry Kudlow. Uh, he was talking about the Department of Energy now basically coming out with this classified report saying, uh, "Yeah, the uh, coronavirus uh, came from you know that lab in China that studies coronaviruses." Oh, who'd have thunk? Golly, right? Surprise, surprise, surprise. Uh, they're probably listening right now uh, near uh, Gomer's Palace on Big Mountain and Whitefish. Surprise, surprise, surprise. But the other thing that uh, Senator Steve Daines talked about uh, with Larry Kudlow, and of course we are your Fox uh, News affiliate here on uh, 1450 KMMS Bozeman, 1340 KPRK Livingston, and 970 KBUL Billings. The other thing they talked about was how uh, oh, yes, despite their denials, the Biden administration is moving forward with a ban on gas stoves. Uh, this is kind of an amazing story, though. The Bidens vehemently denied up and down the line that they were going to stop gas burning stoves. And then you have pointed out, and I'm looking at the uh, Fox Digital article here, uh, Senator Dane's sends a letter department of energy listen this their new regulations the energy department's newest regulations would ban up to 96 percent of the gas power stoves currently available in america this is what a week uh, after they said they weren't going to ban them and it turns out that energy is going to abandon what is up with this i mean this this is their own little chernobyl uh, problem they got going here in terms of cover-up 
Well, well, Larry, uh, this is just another example of the green hallucination that the Democrats are trying to impose on America. We called them out on this. And by the way, uh, since that was written, they have come back to us and now have said, well, it's actually about 50 percent. At least they're admitting 50 percent. They want to ban them all, but they publicly said now it's 50 percent. Can you imagine banning 50 percent of the gas stoves in the United States? This is crazy talk. And this is dangerous because energy security is national security. Larry, I've been watching what's going on in Europe here over the course of the last 10 to 15 years. When you have these nuts who under this green umbrella are trying to drive a no or zero fossil fuel type of agenda, it's very, very dangerous. Look what Germany did in shutting down coal plants and then nuclear plants. You look at the country of Lithuania. They just shut down their nuclear plant as a condition to get into the EU back in 2004. Lithuania went from being a net energy exporter now to energy importers. Anytime the greenies have control and politicians start yielding to the whims of the radical green movement, terrible things happen as it relates to energy. Yeah, green hallucination. Well said there by Senator Steve Daines on with Larry Kudlow. Uh, but in, in his press release, he also pointed out how, you know, basically, if you look at the regulations uh, that the Biden Department of Energy is pushing, it would basically uh, it would basically wipe out 96 percent of the gas stoves that are on the market right now. Yeah, are you cooking with gas? If you are a chef or a sous chef or, you know, a cook who's listening to the show right now, are, are you cooking with peanut oil? I, I, I'm surprised they haven't banned cooking with peanut oil because, you know, well, those those uh, southern rednecks with those beards on Duck Dynasty, they'd always be cooking with peanut oil. So got to ban got to ban peanut oil. Too. Too, don't we? All right, let's go to Mike in Big Timber on the phone lines. Mike, thanks for the call. What's on your mind? Uh, good morning, Aaron. Thanks for taking my call. I have a question. Can you explain to me or anyone in our listening audience why the Energy Department put out this statement regarding the uh, co- regarding the COVID uh, situation? Yeah, that's a what good question. Yeah. I yeah, mean, who, who's next in the federal government? Is every federal agency going to come out with their COVID-19 report? I mean, hey, this is right. uh, this is the job service, uh, the job corps today. We uh, put out our own report. Yeah, everybody gets to put out their COVID report, right? <laughs> uh, right. I would like to see it uh, come out from the CDC or the National Institute of Health. Some, you know, someone more responsible as far as the you know, the health uh, uh, of the country. Why yeah, but, the but then you won't get the truth, though. They see, the I CDC have... doesn't want to give you the truth. They don't want to give you the facts because they were signing off on the gain-of-function research under Fauci. So they can't tell well, you right. the truth about it. I understand. But the, the Energy Department, if you notice what the statement said, it said it's most likely that it occurred from a leak. Now, I ain't buying that either. Yeah, I think the real question is, I, I, you know, the, 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 the real question is, is not, did it come or did it not come from the lab? The question is, was it deliberate or not? That's Absol- the real question. Absolutely. Absolutely, Aaron. You hit the nail right on the head. And by the way, I cook, I cook on gas and I use peanut oil. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Not avocado oil? Come on. You need avocado oil. You got to get with the trend here, uh, Mike. Yes, sir. Will do. I'll use whatever kind of – all right, thank you. I'll use whatever whatever they got, olive oil, peanut oil, avocado oil, uh, canola oil. I just – just let me cook with my gas stove for Pete's sake. That's all I want. Uh, The only way I like to cook eggs. Well, actually, my griddle grill. 
on my camper. Oh, wait, that's a gas stove, too. Uh, that's how you cook in your camper. Uh, all right. Uh, oh, Tim and Billings. Yeah, Tim and Billings. What's your answer to uh, uh, to Mike's question there? Uh, it's kind of like I talked about yesterday. I think we have career bureaucrats in the government who are non-political, who are sick and tired of seeing this administration run cover for China. And and because they have children and grandchildren, likely, they're, they're they're concerned about our our country being handed over. So it's just like when uh, Dan Bongino brought it up perfectly. When they had the air raid sirens going on over there in Kiev when, when President Biden stepped out, that was egg on the face for the uh, for the Secret Service because they either showed that they didn't, didn't know that this was going to happen or they were ill-prepared and they let the president walk into a dangerous situation. I think the people who are non-political bureaucrats in the government are sick and tired of, of how political this administration is, and yeah. they're striking back. I would agree with you. I would agree with you there. The other thing I would say about the Department of Energy, um, I've been throwing this question out because Lorian Billings asked a similar question to what Mike asked, and I've been hoping that uh, somebody who, who's you know much more familiar with the Department of Energy than I would would, would kind of weigh in on this discussion. But what, what I would say, though, about the Department of Energy is – is they've got some incredible, incredibly smart folks. You think about it. The Department of Energy deals with nuclear energy. So when it comes to the threat of nuclear weapons, when it comes to the threat of of uh, weapons of mass destruction, I think I think the Department of Energy is uniquely qualified uh, to tackle uh, that type of of a conversation. Because when you deal in the nuclear energy space, you're 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 you know as a collateral duty, you're also going to keep it very close. You know, you're going to want to examine threats and networks and nexuses of okay oh well what's the bio threat what's the chemical threat what's the what's the nuclear threat nuclear nbc you know uh, nuke bio chem uh you could add you know what i'm saying and so i i think i think that that uh, that our department of energy that that is why they would be taking it just what it tells me is that like you say there are there are some folks inside the department of energy who are actually taking the threat to america a little more serious than some of these other agencies are. Well, and also, it, wasn't it the secretary of the Department of Energy that was asked what the uh, what her plan was to increase oil production in the U.S. <laughs> Hagland, and she laughed. No, she uh, laughed at the mayor. Granholm, right? Was it Granholm? The see, Granholm. We, see, we we can't even tell you who the who the energy secretary. I believe it's Granholm, the former governor of Michigan. She was the one who was cackling like a hen when she was asked, yep. "What are you going to do to lower energy prices in America?" Ha 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 ha! Like I could lower oil prices. Well, Trump's people did. Why can't you? Yep. And she was cackling about it. So yeah, Tim, that that point you made yesterday is where where you said that that the Department of Energy, that these folks, that these patriots within the Department of Energy are embarrassed at their department right now or because you've had cackling granholm laughing about higher energy prices and then you got sam Britton, the klepto tranny stealing women's underwear from the airport baggage claim you'd be embarrassed too if that was representing your company and that's the leadership And, and imagine the people in the department of transportation who had to sit and get lambasted by the american taxpayer for three weeks until uh, Pothole Pete decided to show his face in, in uh, Ohio. Exactly. All these people, they are working people who just want to do their jobs, and they have zero leadership. Well, they have the exact opposite leadership. And back to back to Mike and Big Timber's question: Why? Why not the CDC? Why not the Department of Health and Human Services? Oh, well, you think Admiral Rachel Levine? 
the guy who identifies as a woman bragging about being the first uh, admiral woman in charge of HHS. Look, okay, you want to you want to live your life, you live your life, but but don't sit there and claim that you're the first woman admiral in charge of HHS. Yeah, do you think Admiral Rachel Levine is going to give us the truth about the origins of COVID nineteen? Rachel Levine wouldn't even be in that position if it wasn't for what the communist Chinese did with COVID nineteen to undermine the American economy to undermine President Donald Trump. Uh, that's the plain that's fact. And if you disagree, you're probably still in women's luggage from the airport baggage claim counter. <laughs> Tim, thanks for the call. Great to hear from you as always. Spot on insight and analysis from Tim in Billings as always. And Mike in Big Timber uh, as well there. Uh, phone lines are open for you right now. Fox News commentary. A new Fox News poll shows Republican primary voters want this man to be the nominee. So who is it? I'm Tommy Laren. Find out next. It all started with the brutal murder of a young married couple. Now, more than 40 years after the couple was found, investigators and forensic genealogists are cracking the case wide open to uncover a stunning second mystery. Where's the baby? I said, well, wait, he had a baby? We crossed the country speaking with victims' families and those close to the case as we ask, what about Holly? I just want to know what happened. Available on foxnewspodcasts.com and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Our country may be going to hell in a handbasket, but the silver lining of that handbasket is that in 617 days, we the people get the power to change course. But who will the Republican nominee be? So far, we've got Nikki Haley, Vic Ramaswamy, and of course, former President Donald Trump in the race. But who has the best shot? A new Fox News poll of Republican primary voters shows 43% prefer Trump. Coming in at a close second with 28% is Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who has not announced, nor do we know he will announce. The rest of the field just doesn't move the needle, and we all know why. This is a Don versus Ron race, and it has been for over a year now. But while Trump has taken several swipes at DeSantis, Ron has smartly refused to return fire. Conservatives have been called deplorables, racist, bigots, domestic terrorists, homophobes, and everything else under the sun. And off tax prep. Limited time offer for new clients filing at participating locations. Max value $200. Visit jacksonhewitt.com slash 50 for terms. Hey, if you're heading to the Home Improvement Show, you can register to win two pints of beer to Thirsty Street Brewing, compliments of Newman Restoration, and two $5 gift cards to the Montana Melt Food Truck, compliments of Montana Melt. You'll also be registered for the grand prize drawing for an interior-exterior window cleaning plus bonus dryer vent clean with Amber.com. Broadcasting from the Grizzly Gold and Silver Studios, trusted by the Northwest, Montana-owned. Online at grizzlygoldandsilver.com. Montana is talking here. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, phone lines are open for you, 406-294-0970. We're already getting fired up, and John Jackson isn't even in the house yet. Uh, John Jackson joins us every Tuesday uh, here uh, coming up in the 8 o'clock hour, so he'll be with us here in just a few minutes. Uh, we take your phone calls when John Jackson's uh, in the house as well, but uh, but uh, right now you got even more time. Uh, if, if you can call in right now, we'll try to sneak you on before we wrap up the hour, 406 294 uh, 0970, uh, you know, a couple callers there talking about this Department of Energy report pointing the finger at the uh, the coronavirus lab in uh, Wuhan, China, for uh, the origin of the coronavirus. A big surprise there, right? In uh, COVID-19. Uh, Dr. Uh, Rand Paul, Kentucky Senator Rand Paul, weighed in. Let's see, who was he on with? I want to give uh, credit where credit is due here. 
Doctor, where did I put the intro for this? Anyway, I've got the uh, the Fox News radio clip for you here. Here's what he had to say. I think he was on with Tucker Carlson last night. But you remember Kentucky Senator and Dr. Rand Paul really uh, called out uh, Dr. Fauci for straight up lying and for signing off on the gain of function research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. When Anthony Fauci made the decision to fund dangerous gain of function research in Wuhan, under the auspices of a authoritarian government, this decision was one of the worst decisions ever made. And there's been a cover-up ever since the very beginning. All right. Uh, yeah, he was on with Hannity. I just uh, saw the uh, the intro there for that story. So uh, Rand Paul was on with Sean Hannity uh, last night. Uh, let's see. What other quick hits can we sneak in here before we run out of time this hour of the show? Oh, uh, national news. It's election day in Chicago. I, I thought this was interesting. I was scanning through Politico playbook this morning. Uh, what did they say here? Here we go. Uh, from the Windy City. Sky high civic anxiety over rising crime has put Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot at risk of becoming the first mayor to lose re-election in 40 years. They're saying that uh, Lori Lightfoot could uh, lose her re-election race. She should, but I don't know these liberal cities. Uh, like a drug addict, you'd think that they they would stop inflicting the pain on themselves, but yet these liberal cities still keep inflicting the pain on themselves. But yeah, they're saying she could be the first to lose re-election as Chicago mayor in 40 years. Polling in the Chicago mayoral race shows that incumbent Mayor Lori Lightfoot may be in trouble in trailing some of her Democratic challengers, including former Chicago Public School CEO Paul Vallis, who, based on the polling, is expected to be a contender headed to an April runoff. I am going to um, end... This phase of the campaign, the way it started, is I'm going to end it in the community, and I'm going to end it talking about issues. Other top polling candidates in the mayoral race include U.S. Rep. Jesus Chewy Garcia, Cook County Commissioner Brandon Johnson, and Lightfoot, who's been slammed by candidates and voters alike for blaming her dwindling re-election prospects on race and gender instead of the city's crime crisis. Jeff Manasso, Fox News. Oh, they got a guy named Chewy running there. I wish I wish I had my uh, Chewbacca soundbite on on hand. I'd play that. One. I'd play that in a little background for there. Anybody but Lightfoot at this point. It was kind of like when uh, Chewbacca was running up in uh, in Alaska. It was like, yeah, get rid of Murkowski. But unfortunately, uh, still stuck with Murkowski in Alaska as well as a United States senator. Hey, uh, if you missed him at the Mate Show. If you didn't get a chance to go down and say hello to Billy Beatty and his crew at BD Equipment Services, hey, they will be at the Home Improvement Show this weekend. That's right. Let's all go. The Home Improvement Show, well, Billy Beatty and BD Equipment Services are going to be there at the Metra in Billings. The Home Improvement Show this weekend, March 3rd, 4th, and 5th. Uh, and in fact, I just ran into Billy Beatty yesterday. He had the uh, the rodeo legend, third time, uh, thirteen time uh, national finals uh, rodeo participant. Deb Greeno was with him yesterday too. I saw him right after the show. Deb Greeno's got a beard now. You're like, well, who is this guy? Deb Greeno's got a beard anyway. So I, maybe Deb will be there with him too at the uh, at the home improvement show. But uh, yeah, all weekend long, your chance. You know, uh, Beatty Equipment Services. Uh, they'll do the dirty work for you if you got. You know, uh, demolition work that needs to be done. You got an old building that needs to be torn down. The other thing 
you know, they can tackle small projects, they can tackle the larger projects, but the other thing uh, uh, Billy was telling me about yesterday is they're really pushing home improvement projects. If you got a home improvement project, Check them out, BD Equipment Services, and uh, see what they can do for you on the home improvement side of the house as well. John Jackson in the house right after this. Big, pretty, pretty. 